Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Kong San with Believe in SCSU Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network, place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? This episode, we're going to continue and get to know the team here and the remaining class left. They're just the current freshmen, soon to be sophomores. We're going to get, take a look at two from the men's team, two from the women's team, and just sort of what to expect in their career as an Aztec. So without further ado, here we go. As always, if you like the show, please feel free to drop a comment on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe to our show. Uh, We're available wherever podcasts can be found. We're going to go ahead and get started with the men's team. We're going to start with Kashad Johnson, who wore number zero from Oakland. A lot of Oakland athletes uh, made famous by Damian Lillard tend to wear the number zero or looks like the letter O from Oakland. And He's from San Leandro High School, rated a four-star prospect from ESPN and top 25 in the state. Some of his uh, YouTube highlights declare him the top prospect from Northern California, which makes me wonder if the other 24 are from the LA area, but nevertheless, um, he's only played sparingly this season, this past season, played the most an exhibition game against Texas Southern on November 5th, which I think was probably like the first or second game of the season. Um, he ended the game three for 12 for seven points, but he added, he added 10 points and three steals in just 15 minutes of play. From what I can find and see online through his high school highlights and things of that nature, obviously if you're a D1 prospect, you're already going to exert some level of dominance in high school. I mean, I played high school basketball, so that should just help paint the picture for everybody. Um, he's 6'7", six, 6'8"-ish. Six, he has a very wiry frame, long-limbed, and his highlights are primarily of him attacking the rim, dunking the ball, and things like that. And I'm not saying that this is the Bible, but in my experience, whether it's coaching youth teams or just sort of observing college basketball, players from Northern California are typically a little bit rougher, a little bit tougher than players from Southern California, uh, where their goal is to get to the rim, attack the cup, and try to dunk it over everybody. And players in Southern California, I think, heavily influenced for sure by Kobe and previous generations really work on the mid-range three-point, trying to just get up and down the floor as fast as possible and um, make a little bit more of a flashy play, if that makes sense. But I see his trajectory similar to a rope. Um, They have a similar height, I think, and I'm not sure about their intangibles or their physical um, frame, but they're both long-limbed. They seem to play with a lot of heart. This guy seems like he can really play above his size and play above the rim. So I didn't get to see any jumpers or any of his one-on-one moves in his highlight tapes, but hopefully I'm, I'm imagining somebody who stars, starts out as like an athletic Swiss Army knife 
And as he develops the other subtle nuances of the game, he'll kind of fill the role as a 3D guy and perhaps even, you know, a leading scorer. So you just never know from freshman to senior year how much somebody can progress. I mean, these kids are still growing and you just, one summer to another can be a world of difference. So um, definitely high on Kashad, just based on what I've seen on film. I keep referring to these like old 90s ways. I keep seeing online um, I haven't seen anything necessarily that would say make him a top scorer or somebody who's going to who the team is going to rely on heavily next year. But I do sense that his role will definitely increase, and depending on whether or not Malachi decides to come back for another year, you might see him a little bit more with a different playing style. Um, He's definitely a San Diego State Aztec, if that makes sense. His prototypical size and, and sort of what he's good at seems to fit the bill of Aztecs in the past. So I'll be excited to see what he does, especially on the defensive end. And next, we'll go with Jared Barnett, who's war number 21 this year. He's from L.A. Um, he's from Westchester High School, and that high school is very famous here in the city to have a host of a lot of college-level and NBA-level talent, most notably Trevor Reza and Amir Johnson, but also, you know, Gabe Pruitt was a USC legend. Hassan Adams was an Arizona legend. A lot of these guys who go to Westchester um, are particularly skilled. There weren't a lot of highlights, however, online, not, not a lot of mixtapes or Ball is Life YouTube videos or anything like that. But from what little I've seen, he seems to have a similar playing style to KJ. He's 6'1". He's um, right now, you know, obviously he's just a kid. So I don't really expect anybody to be muscular at all. So he's just a thin-framed 6'1 guard, plays fast. I imagine he can um, has to have a, some bit of a handle, be able to direct the offense, kind of a kind of a point guard in that standpoint um, some of the highlights s- saw him notably shoot the gap on defense so it seems like he's either gonna tend to gamble a lot or, or be a really good uh, defensive player so again not a lot from him that I've seen but and he didn't really play a lot this year but um, pretty hopeful for him pretty pretty excited about this freshman class typically you see these guys uh, in Aztec teams past where you have certain level of talent but we typically there's like a cap there's like a limit to to what San Diego State can recruit and in the past it's been three-star athletes guys who maybe get offers from one or two other schools but nothing like Kashad or Jared, who's come from these notable places or rated high and, and starting to beat out bigger name schools. And I think that's really helping um, future Aztec teams with their recruiting. And moving on to the women's team, we're going to start with Isabella Hernandez, who wore number 10 this year from Bellingham, Washington. She is she was rated a four-star recruit at a high school from via Prospects Nation named the Washington State, I think, 1A Player of the Year. And she 
select the San Diego State over offers from Gonzaga, Colorado, Colorado State, Washington State. So you know that she's ready to make a big impact. As a freshman, she averaged 13 minutes a game, which says a lot for somebody to just come right in and play. Um, shot 43.1% from three, which was the second best mark in a single season. And she's 6'2". So you kind of package all that together. A, a 6'2 perimeter shooter who can make at a high efficiency is going to be in such an invaluable tool to a college program. And for Isabella's growth, the ability to shoot is going to open up so much of her game and allow her to, and it's not like she has to have some crazy handle. It's not like she has to have three or four moves. It's literally just her shot, a pump fake, a crossover, and maybe like a step back or something. And it's just those moves, timing it right, getting the coordination down, she can do damage. And some of her highlights that you find online, there's literally two girls just jumping right past her to try and contest three and she just pump fakes takes one dribble in calmly knocks down the mid-range and that's going to be so key next year i definitely expect her minutes to go up i don't know if she's going to start but i expect her to get into the 20s at least in the high teens i don't necessarily know if that percentage will sustain at 43 percent but if she can keep it at 38 at the at the lowest She's going to have one hell of a year, and so are these ladies. Um, and finally, rounding out the freshman class is Talia Sereni, number 21. She was a three-star recruit from Prospects Nation from British Columbia. She is a 5'9", 5'10", combo guard who averaged a beastly 29, 8-8 in high school. And she is another lefty, actually. The two women are lefties and... As a, as a left-handed myself, I don't know what it is. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but it just seems like one, for some reason on the basketball court, if you're left-handed, people just assume you can shoot, which is not always true. Exhibit A. And two, the benefit of being left-handed, however, even if you don't have a shot, is that no matter how many times the opposing team yells at your defender and says, this person is left-handed. Force this person to drive right. The first couple times, obviously, go right. It's okay. Let play into their defense. If you dribble right as a lefty, it's easier to pull up. It's easier to do step backs. So it's not like you're being taken away any like 60% of your game. You just helping, they're just helping you make better decisions on some other moves. So that's one thing. But as the game progresses, people just, for whatever reason, just tend to forget that people are left-handed on the court. And if you watch the ladies next year with Isabella and Talia, definitely, definitely 100% anticipate once, twice, maybe even three times a game that these girls will be able to sort of jab right, fake right, and just go left even though the scouting report will say that they're left-handed when they make jumpers, you're going to see that they go with their left, uh, especially somebody like Talia, who her uh, tapes show that she's heavy on the left, even on reverse layups. People just tend to forget how to defend a lefty as the game wears on. I don't know if it's tied to like fatigue and you just, 
have to rely on instincts and you're so used to playing against right-handed players that your instinct is to react a certain way, but it's the mere opposite if you're le- if you're defending a left-handed player. I don't know what it is, but having two lefties, one that can shoot and one that is a combo guard playmaker is a recipe for success. Um, I definitely, with those two, Sophia, some of the other girls, I think the women will have a much better record next year. I think I might have said that before, so I'm just repeating myself at the moment. And as far as the rim, uh, the rim, as far as the men, I think that they will be a little bit more of a running gun, flying up and down the court team next year with a lot more um, transition buckets, transition jumpers, and trying to keep the tempo up, especially if Malachi leaves. I don't know if how they're they're going to fare in the half-court offense, and I would hope that they take their length, size, and athleticism uh, to their advantage by defending almost to like a half-court, three-quarter court, and rebound, rebounding the hell out of the ball, and just trying to fly by everybody, dunk on everybody, transition threes, and that kind of game. But we'll see. Uh, the only way we can really find out is to talk about the incoming class, the soon-to-be freshmen, which we'll cover in the next episode. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us on Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Again, my name is Kongsan. I'm your host. I am at NAS. G-N-A-K on Instagram. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact us at Believe.com. Hope everybody's out there uh, staying safe, being well, um, you know, FaceTiming your loved ones. It's a really, really uh, scary and tough and anxious and concerning time. And the only way we're going to make it through is together. So, Until next time, go Aztecs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 